Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. Hope you're all doing well on this January 4, 2022. Um, oof, chilly morning, cold day. Hope everybody's staying warm, staying healthy, staying safe as always. Um, as always, you can check me out on more of my episodes, uh, even from the previous episodes throughout the past year or so. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know, Amazon Music, many more platforms. Definitely tune in, share, and please do share. Appreciate to have some new listeners, maybe more audience. Um, so appreciate that. Uh, let's keep it going. So in today's episode, I'm gonna get into a little bit about last night's Monday Night Football game, um, as well as a couple of other things going on. Uh, we'll get into the college football, like playoff stuff, a little bit later. Um, as that's, you know, going to be interesting playing up to next week. So, I'll have to look forward to in that aspect. So, let's get started with the recap of Steelers-Browns on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, I picked the Browns to win, thinking they would probably find a way to turn it around after having a whole lot of time off and, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of time off and, you know, having to figure out what they did, obviously, uh, wrong against the Packers back Christmas Day uh, but you know Big Ben the Steelers uh, was a great environment obviously with Ben's uh, you know final home game that's what it seems like and uh, the Steelers and uh, that defense really got it done and Steelers were able to win what a game for uh, Harris running back for the Steelers having over I think over 100 yards rushing uh, a touchdown or so and Ben Roethlisberger played pretty well uh, for the most part and the Steelers defense really made life difficult for Baker Mayfield in this offense I think until up 8 or 9 sacks in this game for the Steelers um, you know they, they got a couple of turnovers uh, it was just a game in which the Steelers kind of led most of the way and they got a couple of scores when they need to get a couple of scores to extend their lead, and they stayed with it. So a big win for Pittsburgh. They're eight, seven, and one, and they do have a chance in the final week of the season, where you know they're obviously going to need to win and get a lot of help, uh, you know, from, from maybe the Colts probably or another team. But you know, sets up an interesting Week 18. The Steelers are playing Baltimore, and that game will be huge just for the you know, chance and an outside chance to make it into the postseason. Now, also the Cleveland Browns, a pretty disappointing loss. You know, that defense definitely kept, uh, Miles Garrett, that defense definitely kept Cleveland in the game. Uh, but Baker Mayfield and this Browns offense, they weren't able to get it done as well as they hoped to. Uh, you know, they trailed 10 nothing and 13 nothing before, you know, they were able to get a nice field positioning and score a touchdown. Uh, but it was a t- any kind of rhythm as well you know so the Browns do have a good offensive line but yesterday was just not their best game in that cold weather they just really had a lot of self-inflicted penalties that really hurt their drives and Baker Mayfield just wasn't able to be as good enough as he's supposed to be you know and obviously you know the, the shoulder thing was mentioned after the game and all that and you get that but you know, the Browns just really weren't 
good. They came out flat and and all that. So the offense, they couldn't really move the ball. And you just kind of wonder what they're going to do now in terms of building this team forward because, you know, they got really good running back spot and the defense, you know. Baker Mayfield, although another question, like, are you going to get or are you going to give him a franchise tag? You know, it's the Browns have a very interesting decision to make this offseason. You know, you would pull back, you know, just because of, you know, they don't want to want to start over a new quarterback or, you know, do that. But it just you know, makes you wonder, what, what are they going to give Baker Mayfield? Are they going to bring him back for, you know, a franchise tag? Or, you know, with the, with the year to prove it again? Or are they going to give him a long-term contract? Is really what going to come down to, you know, so, um, the Browns have a lot to figure out, you know, they have to address their wide receiving spots as well, you know, just look at what Odell Beckham is doing since he's left Cleveland, and Cleveland's been able to do some good things, but they haven't offensively looked at, you know, their best pass catcher there, and he hasn't been that effective, so, uh, definitely a disappointing season on the Cleveland Browns. I thought they'd be much better. I think a lot of people thought they'd be much better. Uh, but they really were very inconsistent for the most part. And, you know, last night's game was one in which they just did not have enough. You know, they could not get, obviously, a couple of stops when they need to get a stop as a team. Uh, but it's all as well as it should have. And, you know, that's more Mayfield and Stefanski, uh, more so than that defense. So, you know, a nice win for Pittsburgh, and they sweep the Browns, which, you know, probably was a good feeling for the Steelers, because last year, obviously, in that wild card, they ended up losing, so, you know, a little bit of a payback for the Steelers in that aspect, and now we'll see now how Ben ends up now, you know, in week eight, you know, should be a really interesting um, a battle there, um, you know for a potential spot or a chance to make it in. So now I want to transition and talk a little bit about the college basketball season. Um, it's been interesting no doubt because obviously a lot of schools have had to readjust their games and do the postponements and rescheduling. Um, you know, but I'm just going to give my, my thoughts on the season right now. Obviously, most teams have played, you know, a good amount of 13 14 games um and you know that remains to be seen how how the shape both team you look at all these teams that are in action right now some are you know very familiar at the top you know with Kansas and Baylor um you know Gonzaga and then you got some other teams like you know US uh USC who obviously had a big year last year you know they're right there in the middle uh, all the things Michigan State's getting their Duke is somewhere in the middle of the pack. So there's a lot to like about college basketball right now. Obviously, the games are happening and players are showing up and playing extremely well. Um, but you know, there's a lot of time to the March Madness tournament, and it is all about those quality wins. So we've seen a lot of teams get some um, some big time wins. You know already on their season and it's all about pushing it forward and making it even more impressive down the stretch. Now seeding and all that does play a role at times in the March Madness tournament but sometimes it's not at all so we'll see but 
you know, there are familiar spots at the right now for men's college basketball and you know it will probably remain that way um, you know as we go along because just the coaching the recruitment talent and obviously these teams have been able to have favorable schedules right now are really due to why they're undefeated or close to being that um, so we'll see if, if these teams can keep it up but you know a lot of players are obviously off to a great start um, you look at you know USC. They're number seven right now at 12 and 0. Um, they're playing pretty elite defense so far this season. Uh, although they haven't really gone up against too many quality foes yet, so we'll see if they can do that uh, coming up. You know, look at Michigan State. They're number 10, 12 and 2. Uh, their offense has been playing pretty well. Um, they you know they did lose to Kansas recently, so. You know, they got to obviously bounce it back in that aspect. But Michigan State's offense is looking really good so far in this season. And, you know, they're not their defense, but their offense is really um, doing pretty well so far. Uh, you look at Arizona, they're 11-1 at number 8 right now in the standings. Um, you know, they have one loss against the top 20 team on the road. Um, but, you know, they, they're, their starting five is pretty versatile and pretty good. So they're a team to watch out for. Uh... Gonzaga and Kansas, two teams that have always been in the mix at the beginning of the, st- of the season. Obviously well coached, you have Mark Few and Bill Self. These two teams are obviously just getting it done early on. Being impressive with their overall wins in the season so far. You know, those two teams are going to be there right there in the mix as well for those, those number one seeds. Um, a surprise for me as Purdue. You know, they're 12-1, and one, number three right now uh, in the rankings. Purdue has been playing really good basketball right now in the Big Ten. And, you know, they definitely have surprises with their with their defense and their ability with some games early on. So, um, they are a team that we'll see if they can, get, they can keep it up as it goes along. But Purdue's in a good, pretty good spot right now, and, you know. Uh, Duke uh, is 11 and 1. I make, make a correction there. I said middle of the pack. Duke is right there at the top as well. Obviously, Coach K's final season, so you know Duke is getting a lot of good things for us from that rookie um, Panchero, you know, and they're playing pretty well. They're leading the ACC right now, I think, at the top. And then of course the defending champion, the Baylor Bearcats, are 13 and 0. Um, obviously had a huge run last year and. Uh, they continue to be really good early on this season with their ability to develop and recruit, and they are just getting it done. They've been able to do, and like I said, this college basketball season is really going to get good more and more in the in, in the month to come, the next few months. Obviously, you just hope that all these teams are able to have their games and able to play. Um, you know, because obviously the March Madness. Uh, build up is you know on its way and hopefully we get some really surprise teams emerging and playing well uh, down that stretch so it should be exciting and I will get into some of these players and their draft prospects as well when the time comes for that so um, hopefully I'll get to that stand out best uh, throughout the end of the season and to go into the March Madness tournament So in this next segment, I want to get into a little bit of coaching news before I uh, dive into 
the college football playoffs um, and the semifinal recap. So I will start with uh, getting into a little bit of coaching news, and that is Becky Hammond is the going to be the next head coach of the WNBA team, the Las Vegas um, Aces. Uh, what a uh, you know moment for Becky Hammond as she gets her opportunity to be um, a head coach back where she started, you know, playing her career there in the WNBA for a number of years. Uh, obviously, Becky Hammond has been one of the best um, assistant coaches under Greg, Greg Popovich and the Spurs since 2014, and you know she's obviously interviewed for several coaching jobs in the NBA and. You know, obviously had that mind, that goal of being an NBA coach. Uh, you know, obviously NBA head coach, and you know, she uh, was obviously highly uh, recruited and wanted by the Las Vegas Aces, and she took the opportunity. So uh, definitely special for Becky Hammond. You know, spent incredible time with the Spurs and learning, learning under one of the best coaches. You know, and Popovich, and you know, she spent almost 16 seasons in WNBA as a player. I think a seven-time All-Star. Um, you know, so she's really been great, uh, and she's loved the WNBA for a long period of time. And she still has aspirations for you know becoming a head coach in the NBA, but obviously she. Talked about you know the, there's so many challenges and things that come into that and it continues to be something that the NBA continues to kind of work around you know so um, she returns to the WNBA and Becky Hammond is someone who obviously like I said a lot of players talk you know glowingly about her and uh, she's going to bring a lot of great attitude and excellence to the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, I think she will complete this season with the Spurs before you know officially heading into. Uh, her new role as head coach of the team, you know, but, you know, she, Becky Hammond, throughout her career, her experience, she's always talked about being able to kind of lead her own team, being on the, you know, building her own roster and having a lot of, saying a lot of things, so, you know, the Las Vegas Aces definitely have had a couple of, you know, interesting years, you know, they obviously got swept in the WNBA 2020 Finals. Uh, last year they got eliminated, I think, in the semifinal round. So, you know, she's got a chance to go in there and maybe get this team to play at a high level and compete for a championship in the coming years. You know, they have one of the best players, young players in the WNBA, and Aja Wilson. You know, so definitely great to see her get that opportunity, and she's definitely going to do a lot uh, to build her team the right way and her you know her experience as a player is going to help her a lot as well you know at the NBA level obviously coaching guys and being Popovich one of the best minds in the game uh, she's definitely going to have a lot going for her and her next you know uh, opportunity here and who knows if she's able to really do well with Las Vegas Aces she might find herself at some point again being considered for an NBA uh, head coaching uh, position uh, but she's definitely already made a lot of breakthroughs with where she kind of started, got to the, got been really strong there for a number of years, and now getting a chance to go back to the game that she started. And who, 
you know, can't wait to see what she does next and how she will do her first season with, with the Las Vegas Aces when the, that season you know, gets going uh, later in the year. So now I want to transition and talk about uh, the college football playoffs that took place over the in the past weekend or so, uh, see on New Year's Eve, um, obviously an incredible college football season with a lot of teams, you know, vying for spots and the four teams that were in action, obviously on New Year's Eve for the college football semifinal games were Cincinnati, Alabama, uh, you had Michigan, and you had Georgia, and you know, obviously, out of all these teams, you know, Cincinnati was obviously um, the only undefeated team, but they were obviously the non-ranked team, you know, so, uh, it was quite a, uh, you know, week for a lot of these teams, and speaking of the games itself, um, you know, a couple of lopsided college football, uh, you know, semifinal games, you know, you hope for a little bit better, um, but, you know, some years are like this in the college football playoff system where, you know, um, you know, things happen and, and, you know, you got to figure out what's in the system going to happen, you know, so a lot of things to prove, a lot of things to figure out, you know, with the college football expansion committee and what they plan to do, you know, um, there's obviously those conversations still going on with the college football playoffs and, you know, how they want to expand it to maybe eight teams or more. You want more competitive games, but like I said, a lot of these years in the college football playoff system, there's been some you know games that have been contested and close. I think some of the best games we had probably with the year prior, when you obviously had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, um, I think you know, square off, and then you know some other games. So you know that was that. But heading into these games, um, obviously Alabama was a huge favorite, uh, and so was Georgia. And despite Georgia being a huge favorite, I still went, still went against them, and it made me look a little bit bad, no doubt, with their performance um, in the semifinal game. So let's start with uh, Cincinnati and Alabama. Um, you know, that was the first playoff game that was on New Year's Eve, and Alabama was able to win 27 to six. Uh, over Cincinnati, you know Cincinnati didn't really get off to the kind of start they hoped offensively. You know they didn't come away with points, or sorry, they didn't come come away with a touchdown early on. You know, but um, the thing against Alabama is you have to be able to score and, and keep up with them. And Cincinnati's defense was doing its part early on, but the offense wasn't able to do really do well. You know, they didn't score effectively in the second quarter of the game, nor in the fourth quarter of the game. And Alabama just kind of, you know, was able to wear them down uh, as this game went along, you know. I mean, Desmond Riddler had, uh, I think, 144 yards passing. was 17 of 32. You know, obviously he didn't get to use his mobility as well as he hoped to. He was sacked six times as well. And... As I mentioned, Cincinnati's defense did their part for the, you know, but, you know, as the game worn on, like, you saw Alabama kind of, you know, play power football and, and control the clock and, you know, really get some big plays when needed. A couple of big plays they, they did allow, but, 
you know, that was obviously because their offense was, wasn't able to stay on the field. You know, a couple of turnover on downs and a couple of missed opportunities to score early on in this game really hurt Cincinnati. Now, Bryce Young, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, he finished with three touchdowns and a big game from Alabama running back Brian Robinson, who had, I think, almost 204 yards rushing. I think Alabama had combined almost for, like, close to 300 yards rushing, you know. They won the time of possession factor. Their defense was solid for the most part. They didn't let Cincinnati get too many explosive plays at all in this game. And it was one game that Nick Saban and Alabama kind of dictated most of the way. And um, they won, obviously, by three scores. You know, so Alabama moves on now to the national title game where they've obviously been there more than any team probably in the college football playoff era and Nick Saban obviously once again uh, in the same position he's been in a lot throughout his career in big time games at the end of the season and as for the other college football playoff semifinal game uh, that was between number three Georgia and number two Michigan and I have to admit I was wrong about Georgia you know I knew they were obviously going to be a formidable team. I thought that Michigan would find a way to win this game. Um, but Michigan never came close to doing so. Give Georgia credit. I mean, Georgia obviously had one of the best regular seasons, you know, in college football in quite some time. And they obviously had that surprising, that tough loss to Alabama in the SEC Championship game. You know, uh, but they came obviously after a month or so. And... They really made a statement in this one over number two Michigan. They won 34 to 11. Uh, Stenson Bennett had a solid game with three touchdown passes. There were just a lot of big plays all over the field for Georgia against Michigan's defense. I think Georgia was. Um, they just kept finding ways to put the ball in the end zone. And Michigan, on the other hand, they could just never. Offensively, we keep up. They were really flat. Um, they were really flat in this game. Hassan Haskins wasn't able to get going as much. You know, Kate uh, Nakamura had a couple of interceptions. You know, defensively, Michigan's pass rush wasn't able to do a whole lot of damage in this game. And that was really surprising considering how Hutchinson had played, how their defense had played over the last quarter of the season. You know, they thought they would play much better, but they had no answers for Georgia and what they threw at them offensively. You know, DBs got turned around quite a bit. A lot of big plays, open field tackles were missed. You know, so it was a tough one for Jim Harbaugh, who obviously was here for the first time in his kind of tenure as Michigan head coach. And offensively, you just did not see a whole lot from their wide receivers. You know, big plays were really tough to, to come against Georgia. And give Georgia credit, they were able to um, have a dominant performance. They played the way they played all season long prior to the Alabama loss. You know, so they were locked and loaded. Kirby Smart definitely had his himself um, going and this is his team going, you know. And, you know, they were really complete in all phases of the game and really made a statement against Michigan um, in this one. So... You look at it now, the national title game is set between Alabama and Georgia, a rematch between both teams uh, from the SEC Championship game, and 
boy lost storylines will be buzzing for this one you know Kirby's smart Nick Saban and Georgia's gonna try to obviously win their first championship I believe in school history um, so there's a lot on the line for Georgia they obviously were the one of the best teams from the get-go and all season long until the very end and Alabama obviously started out a little bit tough you know but they really found their way with the play of Bryce Young and uh, Nick Saban's coaching obviously coming through once again so it's definitely going to be a really a classic game hopefully between both teams you know last time I think Alabama won 41-24 you know so it's going to be one of those games in which a lot of offense could fly in this one and obviously both defenses are going to have a lot to prove as well in this one so it's going to be great to see how that ends up uh, but yep we got the title game the end of college football season next Monday night so I'll be previewing and recap uh, you know previewing the keys to that um, possibly um, you know either next Monday or you know Right later this week, depending on how it goes, uh, but definitely a fitting end to the college football season between two teams that definitely were the best, um, uh, you know, at different points in the season. And now we're going to see who comes out on top and will be named champions on Monday night, January 10th.